Beaches boys, we like beer. And that might sound hazy, so Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, Cider Stouts, and the USA, we just boys. We like beer. We just boys. We like beer. Welcome on into the pinnacle episode of the year for the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field. My co-host, as always, the Mayor Stephen. Follow him on Instagram at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. The Sage Wayne. Give him a sub on YouTube, Wayne's Beer Delivery, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Wayne's Beer Delivery. And your truly producer and humble correspondent, Chase. Go get me a sub on YouTube, Nutmeg to Palmetto, and follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Nutmeg to Palmetto. Sure enough, here we are at Hoppin' on the West End, sitting with a very special guest. You know his vocals, you know his work, the one, the only, for the very first time on the show, the voice of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, Mr. Chris Hitchcock. Chris, buddy, it's been a while. How you doing? What's shaking? Man, it's good to see you guys. I was I told you earlier, I'm not the voice of the podcast. There's no way because you guys, I listen to you guys, and you guys are the voices of the podcast. I will, I will accept being the melody guy or being the soundtrack of it, but nothing else. Nothing else. This is this is your brilliance on uh, on audio. I'm just I'm just helping. Call it for what you will, Chris. You're very humble, but yes, you are the voice of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We are just the host and the facilitators of the uh, beer drinking and beer talking. So, let's go take a trip down memory lane. This goes before the podcast even became to fruition. I believe somewhere back in eh, 2020, 2021 on my uh, very humble, uh, very small Instagram, Wayne's Beer Delivery, I saw a follow by a guy by the name of Chris Hitchcock. I'm like, okay, let me check it out. I check out all my followers and saw your musician. So we started messaging back and forth, you know, you, you dig the beer thing, I dig the music thing, and then I met these two knuckleheads, I mean, fine fellows. Come uh, on now. <laughs> I resemble that, Mark. <laughs> Knuckleheads PG. <laughs> that would be Stephen, Southern Bling Beer Reviews, who lives like two miles from my house, and Chase, Nutmeg 2 Palmetto, who was at that point in time in Fountain Inn. And we decided to meet up and have a beer together at Birds Fly South. Next thing you know, we're talking uh, every day. Next thing you know, we have a podcast. And we decided we needed a theme song. So I decided, hey, what's the worst that could happen? I'll just ask Chris. If he says yes, great. If he says no, well, you know, no Back skin off our nose. But, you know, we'll just do it uh, a cappella. So, and that's how it became that you accepted and blew our expectations out of the water and wrote us our lovely theme song that we play every episode. And... Thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I appreciate you asking. I had never really done a lot of those before, um, and it was cool to put some creative energy into it and just think about if I'm listening to a podcast, what kind of vibe do I want? If it's about beer, and you guys, aren't, I assumed you guys like country music because you had been talking to me, but I was like, let me just try to find something that sounds 
fun, folksy, and beer drinking kind of music, and it just kind of spilled out into what it was. So I'm glad glad you like it. I like your story as far as the uh, cider stouts in the USA because you're like, what rhymes with IPA? What rhymes with IPA? <laughs> and was it Chaz or somebody else? Was like USA, USA. Yep. So my drummer Chaz and I work on a lot of recordings like that, and we were just messing around with stuff, and he. Uh, I, I had that line already, and he just goes, USA! And I was like, perfect, perfect, that's it, that's all it is. <laughs> so, you did our beer, our, uh, our music, per se. Has there been any other times that you've helped out friends with music or helped out other places with music to where you've actually wrote it? And... Yeah, I mean, I, I have been playing and writing music since I was little so um, I've on the, on the like deeper sad side I, I wrote a song for my granddad's uh, funeral when he passed away when I was probably 17 um, I've uh, I've done a couple stores that were trying to have like a, a opening party and just wanted something about their store so that was kind of similar to this where it was like write a, write a theme song about what we do um, I've done a couple like uh, it's kind of becoming a trend, but people who uh, are having an anniversary or having an, uh, an engagement and they want a song for their significant other, um, so that's been that's been fun. Um, so yeah, I've gotten to write some cool stuff. I was in Tennessee for a long time, and that was my job, quote unquote, was to be a songwriter. So I got to do it, trying to be a famous one. I'm, I'm obviously I'm super famous since I'm playing here at Hoppin' tonight, and uh, it's cold and rainy in South Carolina. Um, but <laughs> you're famous, <to> us. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun, but I, I mean, I've gotten to write some fun stuff, and, and it's, this was one more, and it was a lot of fun to do. Okay, so, you know, your musical background, it seems that you're based in, like, the country music, southern rock, but when we come to see you live, you play a little bit of everything. What is your, fus- your favorite music style to sing? What is your favorite music style to listen to? So they're probably very similar. My, I grew up with my, obviously like most kids, with my dad's music on, in the car, and he's a, you know, he's a fan of '70s rock and roll and '80s rock and roll. So um, I grew up being from Michigan. I grew up on Bob Seger and uh, some Kid Rock and uh, Tom Petty and and the Eagles and and Aerosmith, that kind of band, those kind of bands. Um, I got hooked on uh, Charlie Daniels for some reason as a kid. And so that introduced some like southern country music and and that kind of stuff. So I started to listen to more of that. Um, these days, I, I mean, there's so much great music in the world, man. And I, I would hate to try to pick only one thing because there's some days you want to hear some some hip hop music and some days you want to get real down in country. And I, I just like to listen to all of it. So when I'm writing, I like to stick with rock and roll and country music. But I, in the car driving here today, I had everything on. So nice, nice, yes. Yeah. Uh, I had a question next up, but I'm going to slide it down a little bit because I, I thought of something on the, off the cuff to ask, and you just kind of hinted at it a little bit. You, like me, are a northern transplant into the south. So what brought that about? Was it the music? Was it just a change of pace lifestyle-wise? Like what, what brought you down? And We're down here in, in South Carolina, but I believe you are more native to around Charlotte area. So like what... What kind of made you venture down from the north into the south and start a new life, so to speak? I mean, it was definitely the southern ladies, man. I, that's what I was... <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> 
uh, that's not totally untrue. But it was uh, uh, after college. I, I went to college in Michigan and uh, decided to play music for a living. And Nashville was the place that, to do that. So I drove down there uh, every weekend and tried to make some moves happen and then eventually moved there. And then once you get out of the north, man, the weather is kind of hard to go back to. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds, sounds cliche, but after enjoying some southern, southern summers, I was, I was not about to leave again. So I've, I've been around uh, in the south for about not quite a decade, but um, Tennessee for six years, two years in Louisiana, and a couple years here. Well, here for me is North Carolina. We're in South Carolina, obviously, you guys. Um, but here in the greater Carolinas area, so I'm I'm calling it home. I think I'll be here for a while. Who knows what the world's going to do? But that's where I'm at right now. So I like Michigan to Nashville. That doesn't seem like too far of a trek. How that wasn't too bad to just make on a semi-consistent basis before you actually uprooted. Yeah, I mean the band and I would play four nights in a row: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I would leave on like Sunday night or Monday morning drive to get to Tennessee, spend two or three days trying to write songs and then drive home. It's probably like a nine hour drive from where I lived in Michigan. So I'd usually leave Sunday night and get about halfway, sleep in the car, wake up, go straight to some publisher's office, try to not look like I had been sleeping in my car. I definitely had a guy pull a gun on me in the parking lot once when he thought I was like a transient parked out. (laughs) Parked out in front of Warner Brothers Records out there in Nashville, but uh, most of the time it was pretty safe. <laughs> so. Was the songwriting that short notice? Like, oh shoot, let me figure out what to what to play. I'm going to write half a dozen songs right now, and then like hop in the car and go. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's a whole industry, man. Most of the songs you hear on country radio are written by two or three people, and what they do is you get together like for morning coffee, sit down, and you go like, hey, who's got an idea? And whoever's got the best idea you sit and write it for three hours and then break for lunch and you go to the next meeting so you when you're cranking songs out like like a small shop is cranking out cars or a you know oil oil place is changing oil like it was it's pretty fast so speaking of working on cars and changing oil wayne i believe you're next up it's the weekend i'm not talking about cars right now (laughs) unless we're talking about muscle cars or racing then we're good all right so you know you followed my account, which is a beer account, Chris. So it would be remiss if we didn't ask you a beer question. So what is your favorite style to drink? Uh, my Man, I feel like I go through phases in life of, of beers, you know. And, and so my first beer that I ever had that, I, that wasn't just stealing my dad's Miller Lite um, was... Uh, from Bell's Brewery up in Kalamazoo, and it was the uh, the Oberon. And so I, I started off with wheat beers and liked those kind. And I don't know, I've, I've kind of molded my beer taste over the years. I, I liked wheat beers at first, got into IPAs at some point. Um, I feel like that's a big trend for people. People just like to drink bitter, nasty beers. <laughs> oh, circle back to Wayne of a year ago. Hey, Wayne, where did you find this guy? He needs to be kicked off. He's done. <laughs> I, I love IPA. The problem, the problem I have is so many breweries, especially in North Carolina, that's all they do. And so then I'll play a summer show, and I'll get a beer, and I'll go on stage, and I'll sit in the sun for 20 minutes. And IPA is great when it's ice cold. Yeah. Once the sun hits it and it warms up to about lukewarm, mm-hmm. IPA tastes terrible. And so it's I had got to, that I had hot to burn. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I could describe it. I don't want to gross anybody out, but I think it's like drinking hot vomit if you drink too much hot IPA. So, 
Hot take, hot take. <laughs> but not inaccurate. No. <laughs> I'm up next. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right, so what are you drinking right now? Like, what, what made you pick that beer? I know what it is, but what made you pick that beer? Well, this one is a favorite of our guys in my band because of going up to Michigan and playing. So this is from Founders uh, Brewery in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a it's the it's the nitro version of their Rubeus. I don't know if it's Rubeus or Rubius. I don't know. It's hard to read. It's raspberry. It's, it's raspberry. raspberry. And it's a it's a raspberry sour kind of somewhere. You guys you guys know beer better than I do. It, to me, it feels a little more dessert flavored than mm-hmm. a traditional sour. Um, but it's it's a good one. It tastes like home. So that is your to-go beer? Is that like, if it's available and you come up to a bar, you're going to get that one over any other beer? No, no. I don't like to be locked into one thing anytime, any, okay. anywhere. <laughs> I, probably drink, I probably drink more IPAs than anything else. IPAs are my go-to. As long as they're cold. As long they as don't get hot. <laughs> as long as they're cold. Cold and free. So, I mean, soon, sure enough, we're about to trek into Floor Field or Mini Fenway, as the New Englander in me likes to call it, to try some tasty beers, talk to some friends, assuredly old ones, and hopefully make some new ones, too. These guys kind of stole my thunder with this question, talk about your favorite styles of swill. But, so, maybe I'll, I'll pivot this. And any listener of our show knows we always like to play the word association, association game of the styles you like to drink the most what genres of music do those remind you of okay uh, a stout is is rock and roll or like hard rock even like some heavy metal kind of kind of stuff um, Hit you in the face yep it's got to punch you right in the face very dark yeah yeah we've talked about that yeah. in our past yeah i think i'm just prejudiced i think ipas sound like uh like a little bit too trying too hard folksy Americana rock and roll like okay like I'm just biased because Charlotte has a lot of really like kind of independent folk singers who are very talented and I'm not trying to talk smack about them but they sometimes try really hard to be like political or something I feel like a like the modern IPA game is is trying hard to be really trendy and I feel like that's that kind of music but we're just trying a little too hard sometimes and the better stuff is if you just lay back on it so a good IPA sounds like southern rock and roll to me like not hard rock, more like the uh, Skinner or um, Black Crows, something like that. Uh, wheat beer sounds like country music because I just grew up on, you know, cheap light beers, and and most wheat beers to me kind of blend over into that where kind of phrase. So I just like that. And uh, where else are we at? Sours, sours. I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of a genre of music that goes with the sour. Boy band. <laughs> 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 the Backstreet Boys. No, it's not that. It isn't that. Um, well, Chris, um, I kind of had this thought in my head in the middle of this segment talking to you that if there was a particular song that maybe you're working on that you're not ready to drop yet, that maybe you want to drop on the show, if there was a song that what is one of your personal favorites that may, that may, that may get a lot of plays, may not let it get a lot of plays, but it means a lot to you. So... In full, if there's any kind of song that means a lot to you, or some, or maybe even a new project you're working on, if you would be so kind as to maybe drop a little bit of the Chris Hitchcock flair on the audience that for the audience that is so used to hearing your work as a whole. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, this song is one that my band and I have been doing uh, 
quite a bit recently. Um, we we play as kind of a modern string band or modern bluegrass country band, uh, mostly because we, all we have are me and a bass player and a drummer, and that's pretty much all we can we can hire at the time. <laughs> um, we put this song together. Um, I think you guys might have heard it before, but I'm gonna play it anyway. It's a it's one that I dedicate to my mom. And she doesn't like when I do that because the song is called The Joint. Um, and uh, she gets offended to have anybody talk about the possibility that she may or may not have ever tried any um, anything, you know, joint uh, sounding. Uh, <laughs> left-handed cigarette? <laughs> the left-handed kind, yeah. Um, so so the song, the hook of the song goes, the only joint my mama ever burned. And so I always say, it's not true, my mom, Definitely burned a lot more than one. <laughs> the only joint my mama burns on the rural route. She parked in no man taters wood so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her no lights, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fighting up and gave it hell. Suppers with that tavern gone. I had my suspicions till the night when we said grace. Then said, Forgive us our transgressions. A smile lit up Mama's face. Like that thing in my daddy's to hang around. Watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down. And just like that, taps and stools and tables got turned. I'm so used to hearing the first verse of that song cutting it into every episode. <laughs> it's nice to listen down to the rest of it for yeah. once. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry I distracted you. Georgia just scored. So I got a little excited. I'm sorry. I, I was cheering for you too. It's We can't, we can't let you walk away without letting you participate in one of our favorite typical segments. And that is, of course, what are we drinking? <laughs> I'm empty. 
That's okay. You didn't talk about what you had in your glass. So what were you drinking? <laughs> okay, Mayor. You want to talk? You want to run your mouth? You started off. What'd you drink today? Sure. Hopping? I had. I'm live on our Facebook page, by the way. On Facebook. Oh gosh. Upstate Beer Boys. So I had the peanut butter cup by Founders, and for what I paid for this little bitty glass, I could have bought a whole six pack. But it's okay because we're on location with Chris. We're excited about being here. Appreciate you coming. And this is always my go to when I run into Total Wine. If I want a good stout that's just Delicate, decadent, no decadent. Decadent. I was about to say, you gave me a simple form. It was definitely more decadent than delicate. Decadent. (laughs) It's just a smooth, almost like a Guinness if you added peanut butter to it. Really good beer. I had a coconut, oh, it was, it's the typical flagship of the, I knew I was going to forget the name. Oh, Wayne. Dream Chasers. Wayne, what's wrong? <laughs> he couldn't remember his beer. <laughs> uh, well, it happens. I forget a, I f- I forget a lot. <laughs> um, the uh, coconut-style beer of Dream Chasers flagship IPA. Now, the aroma gave me a lot of coconut up front as it um, settled in. And then the flavor, I'm not getting a lot of coconut on the flavor. I get a lot of the hot. Typical hot bite from an IPA. It is still cold, Chris. <laughs> but so, like, it's kind of a. I, like, I mean, I like. A, I always appreciate a balanced beer where the aroma is different from the flavor. So that's that's definitely what this is going for from Dream Chaser out of Waxhaw, North Carolina. Nice. Say what you got. Well, since I am the oldest man in the room, and we are fixing to go over to Floor Field to do a beer fest. Fixing to. Fixing to because we are in the south here. Um, I am having a old standby. It is natural light. Daddy light. Natural light. Natural light because it's cheap, it's good, it's low ABV, and we got a big day ahead of us. That is true. We do. Let's keep it. Yeah, that's true. Let's let's pace ourselves. Now, Chris, you already went over the beer you were, you're drinking currently. There was a beer you were drinking before we came in. And I have, I got a little bit of two and two put together from the glass you were drinking on. So I saw the Bell's glass being from Michigan. Did you grab the glass because it was Bell's? Did you grab the beer because of Bell's? Because I don't know what beer was in that glass. I was actually drinking the same, uh, same peanut butter stout that, uh, that this guy has. And... <laughs> Or had, used to have until he drained it. Used um, to have. <laughs> and I, Past tense. Where was it from? Was it Left Hand? Left Hand and Milk's Left Handed Brewery Company. Yep. Yeah. Which I, I don't know where they're and at. Peanut Butter Milk. Mm-hmm. Longmont, Colorado. They are one of my favorite macro craft breweries. That is definitely on my list of kind of pay your dues breweries to go visit at some point in the future. Okay. Okay. Well, that's who I had at first. It was delicious. Um, I just grabbed the Bills. Uh, uh, glass because I try to do that whenever I see it, just subconsciously promoting my my home state. Good. To wrap up, what are we drinking? We are sitting here with a buddy of ours, a fellow beer influencer. He may or may not uh, make his way back to the episode at a later point this afternoon. Brian at Beer Me GVL. What'd you drink today, Ryan? As we're sitting here with Chris. 
I had a uh, pint of Tropicalia from uh, that place in Georgia. Um, Creature Comfort. That has recently God. distributed in the upstate. It's okay. What Creature a, Comfort. Yeah, I, had, I just it stayed right up there. Athens, Georgia. Go dogs. Right, go dogs. Um, also, and then I had a, um, uh, I think I kicked the keg on the lunch from Maine Brewing Company, which was uh, really good as well. Um, but I'm just trying to enjoy the dogs game versus Tennessee, as it is a brittle one for the region, and I think that whispering will do us best. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about, but I love it. He said whispering would do us best. Oh, Chris. Hot mic. Yeah. I like, I like to whisper when I'm doing it best, but that's a different subject. <laughs> that's right. Chris, hold on. This is a PG-13. That's right, 13. That was PG-13. PG-13. <laughs> he didn't say anything. <laughs> Let your imaginations wander. Oh, oh, shoot. Chris, now, unfortunately, well, not so much unfortunately, but unfortunately because we can't hang out more, we've got we to gotta run across the street to Floor Field to cover this Greenville Craft Beer Festival. Of course thrown on by the great John Sharkey always invite, uh, allows us to be there in our presence. Of course, we want to uh, thank our additional sponsors, Promotion Graphics and Upstate Realty for sponsoring our banner, which you will see on site at this festival, and our best friend and home away from home, the Clock Tower Tap Room and, tap room and Billiards, run by one Mr. Eddie Whittingham. Eddie! Woo! Chris? Yo. Our audience is used to hearing your uh, tunage going into break, so if you'll be so kind and take us away to the festival. It's it's usually recorded, but now we have a real live version of. As our buddy Brian at Beer Me GVL says, Westies are always besties. Live is always best when it comes to music. Chris? And beer. The floor is yours. What do you want to play to take the audience into the festival? And by the way, if you don't mind, I'll say say where you can find me on, in the world. So uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm most I'm mostly on there when it comes to social media things. So at Chris Hitchcock. Chris is with a K. Hitchcock like Alfred, but Chris Hitchcock. Uh, on Spotify, same name. Um, I'm on some like county websites, but that's the, not the same thing. So let's not talk about that. Uh, why don't we why don't we uh, walk away with this song called Friday Night Out Here? Uh, today is, is Saturday, but that's okay. So it's uh, it's called Friday Night Out Here, and it's a it's a country jam. Go check it out on Spotify. And uh, anyway, here's a song <laughs> called Friday Night Out Here. Hope you love See it. See him in orange. Real slow. 
worries at all between the midnight air and the alcohol. I got two six packs, I'm gonna drink them all. Oh, hell yeah. Something about the fire dancing in her eyes got the spark flying through that summer night. And I get lucky, but damn sure try, I gotta get that kiss and bad at Floor Field. Um, I got an extremely special guest with me today, and if you could just tell us uh, who you are and where we're at. Hey, I'm John Sharkey. I am the uh, producer of Greenville Craft Beer Festival. We are at Floor Field for the ninth uh, run of our event, and uh, even though it rained and is a little dreary, we've had a great day. So, John, this is a little bit different than last year, and I won't take up much of your time because I know you're a busy man. We didn't get to talk to you last year, but this year the wind's not blowing, so it's not really cold. I hadn't seen a lot of people with jackets other than trying to keep the rain off. So how many breweries did we have today? We had uh, 38 breweries total. Uh, A couple of them shared tables, um, but... It was a good showing. We had some great beers that we haven't had in the past. We had a newcomer right over here, um, Holiday Brewing. Amazing. I don't know if you've had it. They have some great beer. Absolutely. But, yeah, we have – we usually shoot for between 36 and 45 breweries. Well, we've always had a good time last year. You invited us. We had a good time this year. Invited us again. We hope to be able to come back next year and – give some uh, reviews and as always uh every podcast that you hear us talk about or interview brewery no matter what we always give you a shout out and again thank you from the upstate beer boys for allowing us to come do this every year Uh, thank you and if you're out there and you're not listening check out upstate beer boys it's awesome and come to the festival next year is there anything you want to push beer (laughs) (laughs) well you heard it Heard it right from John Sharkey, producer of the Greenville Beer Fest. And stay with us as we have more interviews coming.
Back with more from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival from Floor Field in downtown Greenville, West End and down Greenville. I am here with Sabina and Joshua of RJ Rockers. It's a little bit rainy, but what, I mean, what's this event mean? How, what brought you out here? Beer. Beer, networking with beer people. <laughs> My name is Sabina. Uh, I'm the front of house and events manager at RJ Rockers. Yeah, it's honestly an honor to meet a lot of the people in the industry that I've met today. So I love it in upstate. I love the craft beer industry, and I'm thankful to be here. And my name is Joshua Taft. I'm the pest controller for RJ Rockers. <laughs> and, uh, and supporter. Yeah, and huge supporter of RJ Rockers. Yeah. Honestly, every beer that I've had today has been phenomenal, even the ones from out of state. So craft beer is on the rise. I think that that's something that needs to be said to, like, everyone. So beer-wise, let's talk about what you brought. I sampled both your beers. The session was... I, I got something that I couldn't necessarily place, and then that pale ale was very aggressive on the aroma, but super smooth on the flavor. So talk about what you brought here, if you want to take one each, maybe. I'll start with uh, Son of a Peach. It's a wheat peach ale. It's really good. It's very smooth. There's no like a, a aggressive banana or clove hops on a wheat beer, which is what you normally get, but that peach is locally sourced and it comes right through like peach nectar it's so phenomenal i did forget about some of the peach i apologize that is your that is a flagship of rj rockers you can find it anywhere you look for craft beer i'm wearing a uh, i'm wearing a wanted son of a peach shirt right now so definitely on the lookout for those bad peaches um, but we also got Palmetto Trail, our pale ale on tap, which just won um, one of the nation's best pale ales, actually, during a uh, blind taste test uh, that happened over the summer in the United States. So that was really exciting for us as a team. Um, we also brought in our I Bleed Orange, which is a session ale. I kind of had to explain the difference to some people between a Saison and a Session Ale. Um, there's been some confusion with that. But basically, the history behind a Session Ale is, I think it originated in England, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's meant to be drank like in sessions. So you're literally like sitting and having multiple and you're hanging out with people around a bonfire, at a baseball game, at a brewery. Um, and it's kind of like a diet IPA, I like to joke with people. It's got like really nice floral and citrus notes to it. So definitely a top seller, even if you're not a Clemson fan. So <laughs> Crush we bleed red too. <laughs> Crushable versus funky. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, that, is that a common thing with people walking up to your tent? They were confusing session with Saison? Yeah, honestly, it was. But that's okay. It's just good feedback to take back to the brewers and our general manager and owner um maybe we need to rename the beer or come up with something new for it it's definitely like we've had good feedback on the flavor notes but you know it just kind of teach it's a learnable uh, moment about kind of how to market your beers property properly so blood orange to me is something that's a little i don't want to say divisive but it, it's kind of like I've had, like everyone loves blood orange, but I tried blood orange and it doesn't like necessarily always vibe with me. So is that something that's hard to work with? Well, 
That's the crazy thing about this beer. Yeah, it has those citrus notes. Yeah, maybe it has some blood orange, but we don't actually add any blood orange to it. It's called I Bleed Orange, and people commonly That's true. Uh, say, oh, I'll take the blood orange one. Present company. Exactly. <laughs> so it just kind of goes back to, like, these moments are important uh, to the beer community as well because you kind of get to learn more about your brewery and how people perceive it and what you can do to keep growing and making your beer better and um you know kind of just growing the community around you so and if i can say anything rj rockers has been around for about 26 years now and they've almost 26 26, but they've really honed in on what they're good at and those ales they make some of the best ales in the state um but not only that, if you go in, you, you'll see more than the son of a peach or the brown-eyed squirrel. You'll see, like, black-eyed per- or, um, black-eyed the, pearl. The black-eyed yeah. pearl. You'll see uh, the duple, um, which is really good. Like, they really go off on small batches that you never hear about because all you ever see is RJ's and Ingles. But if you stop by RJ Rocker's Brewing Company... There is a flavor for you. It's it's in there, right down to the poppy chulo, the salted lime lager. Like, there's something for everyone. Joshua, talk talk, talk that up a bit as far as having your heels dug in in the area. R.J. Rogers, Thomas Craig, very much founding father, so to speak, of South Carolina beer. I mean, what has R.J. seen as far as being a quote-unquote founding member of craft in this area and then watching everyone else come up behind you and doing true to your styles but also keeping up with Joneses with what all the new stuff is. I must say that like Mark Mark out there the we got a little celebration going on. Party! Yeah. But uh, yeah so Mark honestly he works his ass off at brewing those beers. He is honestly always out in the tap room talking to customers, asking them, hey, how's that beer taste? Um, what, you got any notes for me? And that's that's one of those owners that you love to work with because not only are they listening to you, but you can listen to them and learn from them. And, and Mark has a great taste. He has a great palate um, for beer. And he, he'll even smell a beer and tell you it's the best beer he's ever smelled. But he won't even take a sip, but he'll, he'll smell it and he'll be like, this is really good beer. So his knowledge, his experience, really shapes and molds um, how every R.J. Rockers brew comes out. And I've honestly yet to have an R.J. Rockers beer I didn't enjoy to some degree. So whether it's a flagship, something experimental or special, people want to come out, they want a tasty beer, they want something to soak it up. What's what's RJ's rocker? What's RJ Rocker's offer as far as sustenance is concerned? Trucks, kitchen, pop-ups, whatever the case may be. They have a phenomenal kitchen. Um, every one of their flatbreads from the kitchen is right. It's it's about 10, 20, 15 minutes max. It comes out. It's fantastic. They do a garlic uh, olive oil across it. You can taste it through each and every one of the flatbreads. My favorite's the Buffalo Ranch. Um, they smoke their wings. Uh, Everything down there is made right from scratch. It's really, really good, honestly. Even the mac and cheese is grilled every day, or baked every day. Yeah. Uh, We actually, so we used to partner with the Deli Corner, um, but we recently broke ties with them because we decided to do, (coughs) excuse me, everything in-house. So we've been working for the past three months to come up with our seasonal food menu. 
we're planning on changing it every quarter because we plan on keeping food fresh, uh, ingredients seasonal. So we're planning on doing a lot of new specials. Like we're hosting a small business fair um, on the 26th of November, and we'll be featuring some new food items there. Um, and then around Valentine's Day, we're planning on coming out with a brand new menu as well. So we're constantly coming out with new stuff. And it's just been a really exciting, big change for us to kind of put the kitchen back in-house. I talk seasonal. So does that mean the menu changes versus whether you're in the summer and you want something lighter because it's hot as, you know, proverbial balls out here in South Carolina? Or, uh, you know, then you want something a little heavier in the winter? Like, when you say seasonal, what, what's that necessary play for? Definitely um, the sa more salads in the summer, more fresh ingredients. We're kind of basing everything off of what's in season ingredient-wise. So if, uh, for example, you know, uh, during Oktoberfest, brats are more popular. So with this new menu, we had the bratwurst um, on there, which has house-made sauces all over it. It's really delicious. It's been a staple. We also added on a Philly melt just to kind of keep people more full and warm as the colder weather comes in. Um, and during the summer, if you've ever been to Rockers, you know how absolutely hot it gets in the tap room. <laughs> it's ridiculous, especially on a brew day. Um, we've been experimenting with new salad recipes, new dressings, just to kind of lighten and sweeten things up for everyone. So it's kind of an exciting time for us. Um, we've been working on maybe possibly rebranding a little bit in the new year, um, as well as bringing on a lot of new and exciting uh, team members to our brewing and our the rest of our staff. So I think that this new year is gonna be a really good refresh for us, and I'm just really excited for what's to come. Philly cheese, now I'm from the Northeast, not so much by Philly, but have you ever had snobs come in and say, this is a Philly cheese, this is not a Philly cheese? No, not yet, um, but I'm waiting, because I know it'll happen, <laughs> I know it will, but honestly, we've had nothing but good feedback on it. We had our own beer cheese on it, which we put our Papi Chulo Mexican lager in there, so super good stuff. Um, we try and incorporate beer in all of our food as well, like our mac and cheese has the good boy stout in it we also have baked beans that have the good boy stout in it so kind of cool that we do that and you brought up small business a minute a couple minutes ago yeah. so uh, one of the things we always try to tie into the podcast is um community ties that the brewery has so what what's rj rocker's footprint in the local community upstate south carolina as a whole anywhere past that what what's your local community footprint I can speak for this firsthand as a small business owner in the upstate. Uh, I own Critter Crew Pest Solutions. Uh, I love what I do. I, I provide pest control for the entire upstate. Uh, Mark heard about me, and Mark didn't hesitate. He was like, they're a small business. Let's hire them. I, I trust them with my contract more so than, say, one of the big-name national companies. And that really melted my heart to hear Mark say that, and, and it makes me happy as a small business owner to do business with one of the pioneers in the craft beer industry. I, I truly am proud of RJ Rockers and to be a provider for RJ Rockers as a small business owner. Bumped? Yeah, a little. Wow. Um, so we try and work with uh, local 
um, charity or organization at least once a month. Um, like right now we have Toys for Tots up throughout the tap room and dining room side. We're taking uh, new unwrapped toy donations. In the past we've worked with the um, some animal control units and some uh, Underdog the Underdog Outreach Project, thank you. Um, we've worked with the Soup Kitchen. We actually have the Soup Bowl event going on right now. So there's like 10 different restaurants that are also serving soup right now. And all the donations are going uh, to the Spartanburg Soup Kitchen. So try to do something every single month for that. Amazing things, all amazing things. Joshua, Sabina, thank you for joining thank the you. show. You're the guest. Final word for this segment is yours. Who wants it first? This was really fun. Thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> I had a blast. Thank you, uh, Upstate Beer Boys Podcast, for having Sabina and I. It's been a wonderful experience. Wonderful. Again, thank you for joining me, and stay tuned for more from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Fourfield in downtown Greenville. Don't bet to watch the your granddaddy gave you on aces and eights and some old riverboat. Always watch out for a red-headed woman or government man when he's thirsty for those things that I should have known. Don't call your ex up when you drink tequila. Don't drink tequila with Gustavo Frank. If you're shaking hands, mister, you better make Welcome back in Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. We're here at the Greenville Craft Beer Festival, Floor Field, downtown Greenville, South Carolina. I'm here with Jim and John Holiday from Holiday Brewing in Spartanburg. Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah, I know you guys are. Uh, you got one location, and I think you got another location coming up. So, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Um, enjoying the festival. Good turnout so far. So, I'm looking for a fun day. Yeah, it's a little overcast, but that doesn't dampen anyone's spirits for sure. And, uh, yeah, you guys have brought uh, two we different... We brought our Mosaic Paradise, uh, which took second place in the South Carolina Brewers Guild. And we also brought our... Pina Colada Seltzer. So we just tried to bring a mix of mm -hmm. something to try to get uh, you know, something in everybody's hands for the festival. This Mosaic Paradise, this is uh, definitely a, a very smooth, a very good IPA. And, uh, you know, not the biggest IPA guy out there, but I would definitely, definitely have this uh, multiple times. Yeah, it's a very well balanced beer. It's nice mouthfeel, very malty. Okay. And um, so you brought a seltzer, so, you know, if people are out here, they don't necessarily like beer per se you know you definitely have that so yeah. i'll try to be trying that next um you guys are 
got a location in Drayton Mills, is that correct? Correct, yes. yes. We've been there uh, three years now, we've been in Drayton Mills. Um, you got to come out and see us. We're in the marketplace. We've got trails all around, uh, nice pond. You can bring your dogs out. We've got food on the grounds, so it's a good, good family event, too. Nice. You guys got any events coming up here in the short term, uh, you know, for the holidays? We have, um, we, we're going to be at the Inman uh, Christmas Tree Lighting Fair. That's on December 3rd, so we'll be up there for that. Um, trying to kind of celebrate our new facility opening up there as well. So mm-hmm. we'll be spending more time up there. So now you guys are going to keep the original location as well? Correct. Nice. Yes. So the, that's the plan is to keep both sites up and running and just move on and uh, start more distribution. So that's why we're opening up the bigger facility right now. Nice. Uh, expect to see holiday brewing all over the upstate pretty soon. Yes, yes, that's the plan. All right. Well, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. I know you guys have got a big crowd here at your tent. So um, you guys got any parting words? Come out and check us out. Come have John's Mosaic Paradise. <laughs> All right. And cheers. Yes, cheers. And me and the other uh, two upstate beer boys will be coming by your location pretty soon. All right. All right. All right Thank you. Buddy. All right. Welcome. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much. Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff. Moved down to Mississippi, told her friends she never loved me. Said I was another muddle. Welcome back to the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field in downtown Greenville. I am sit- standing here with previous guests of the shows, consistent guests of the shows, head brewer Kyle, assistant brewer Darian from Plank Owner Brewing Company in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Gentlemen, how are we doing today despite the rain? Uh, despite the rain, the weather's nice. It's not cold like it was last year, so we're having a good time. Everybody has delicious beers here. like. Everybody has something unique at their own tent. It's all good. So. I remember how cold it was last year. That sucked. We were set up next to you guys last year. Um, so beer-wise, I mean, you you've been a previous guest of the show. We've already we've talked to the Plank Owner brand before. So let's talk about today. What'd you bring and why? Uh, so we brought two of our staple beers. Uh, Mermaid Tears is our New England IPA, and we brought John Paul Jones our Amber Amber or Colonial Ale. And we also brought our, our new seasonal um, anchor line is a Imperial Pecan Pie Brown Ale. So we brought two of our staple beers and then one brand new one that's just been uh, taken off of the brewery. So we wanted to showcase it here in Greenville. I was just going to say two staples and one specialty. Exactly. Yeah. Who's, whose brainchild was this Imperial Pecan? Was it Darius? <laughs> Well, I don't take credit for it. I was just wanting something fall, and, like, I tried to get Kyle to do a pumpkin beer, but he's not into those, so we just, we were thinking, like, Thanksgiving, fall time, and pecans, what, next thing that came up, so. Who's not into pumpkin? Sean vetoed it or Kyle vetoed it? 
Uh, me and Sean both vetoed the pumpkin. Uh, we did the Oktoberfest, and we did the pecan pie, and that is our, our fall selection. Okay, so you have a regular pecan beer that's not what's here. Uh, no, this is uh, we did a, a special bourbon pecan as a collab with the guys at Dust Off in Rock Hill ah, last that. year. Okay. But this was the first time we've done uh, the pecan pie, the imperial pastry brown ale. What, from the brewer's perspective, what is it like making a beer with all these wacky adjuncts versus something that's just straightforward? Um, the adjuncts are tough. Uh, you get, you know, that's what people want is, is kind of the crazier flavors. But you just kind of have to be careful because they get so sweet so quick. And you still have to get a beer that's, you know, drinkable. And it doesn't have to be sessionable, but, I, you know, it can't be diabetes in a glass. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, with the, with the pecan uh, pie brown, you can definitely taste notes of vanilla in there. Um, as well as like the the sweet pecans as well so what is it i'll get darian's take on this next one first is it hard what what uh, not, not necessarily difficulty perspective but pressure is it more difficult to brew something unique like that or more difficult to brew something that's more flagship like mermaid tears where people know what to expect and if you screw it up people are going to notice yeah i would say definitely the flagships are going to be a little bit harder because you have to stick to something that's the same every single time so it has a lot more pressure behind you as you're brewing it as far as something new we haven't done it yet so it's like kind of we're winging it i mean not really winging it but we're experimenting in a way but we know what we're doing so yeah and doing a new beer if it doesn't come out the way you wanted it to you can just change the name and tell people that's what you planned on doing (laughs) well i actually had an experience similar to that uh questioning um one of the brewers down at fatty's i was down the charleston beer festival and a similar question came up and if you're trying to do something new and it doesn't doesn't come out the way you want it, do you mark you want to just change the marketing perspective? Like, hey, this is this now. I know it was supposed to be that, but you don't need to know that. I mean, yeah, as long as it's, it doesn't taste bad, as long as it still tastes good and it, it came out different than what you wanted, you as a brewer you have the the freedom to change the name and change the marketing on on what it is. I mean, and granted, the story always comes out like, yeah, this was supposed to be John Paul Jones, but we messed it up, and now it's Island Time Lager, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kyle had a good point the other day. We were talking about, you know, the the guidelines as far as beers go. Like, you could, what, you you said a, a coconut beer got put in, like, a vegetarian beer style and won a medal for it, so. All right, Darian. Kyle's Kyle's the boss in the brewer room, but what's been your babies of sort of late that, like, this is the style that you got the green light to do, free of Kyle's input, free of Sean's input. What have you thrown in the tank? Uh, it was actually my first recipe that I kind of been sitting on for like four or five years. Um, it was a oatmeal stout that is made with cinnamon apples and brown sugar, 
Uh, it's kind of become one of our top ten sellers, and it's like our, our wintertime beer. So it's, it's a pain in the ass to brew, especially with the apples, but it's worth it once it comes out. And we actually currently have it sitting in uh, maple syrup bourbon barrels right now, Woo! which will release in January. Woo! So, yeah. How hard is it to work with the apples? Uh, well, we we have we basically have whole apples in there that we macerate in brown sugar, and the pain in the ass part is getting them into the fermenter and also taking them out. So, Kyle, what is there anything either cooking in the tank or cooking in the back of your brain that you want to sell Sean on that you want to push coming up soon? Uh, so the big push right now is. Um, Yes, we are plank on a brewing, and it's not a pirate ship. It's a, it's a Navy <laughs> vessel. Uh, but we will be doing a Gasparilla-type festival in January. So we have four or five barrel-aged uh, stouts and, and a Belgian, a couple of Belgians. So that's the big push right now is, is to get a annual plank owner pirate fest Gasparilla thing started this January. Awesome. I did. I didn't want to ask about that next because when I brought it up in our initial interview, I got shamed a little bit about the pirate ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our logo is not a pirate ship. It's a, a play on the USS Constitution, and it has its its navy background to go along with the, the plank owner term. But as, as the years go on, we have moved slightly less navy, and there's a little pirate theme to the brewery as well. So. It's okay. <laughs> um, now, we've spoke previously about your relationship with Trey Cafe. Obviously, people want drinking tasty beers. They want something to soak up so- soak up the beer with. So how has that continued to develop, that relationship with Dre's? Uh, that has been awesome. Um, so Dre Barn Grill in downtown Spartanburg has opened up a second location called Dre Cafe inside the brewery. Um, and the head chef there, Tyler, has done a great job. Me and him sat down earlier this year and reworked his menu to include beer pairings with each item on the menu, as well as including more of the beer in each menu item itself. Beer in the beer cheese, you know, wing sauces based on the IPAs, Gravity Storm in the barbecue stuff that they do. So it's been really cool to work with them and get a beer-food pairing relationship going. I think that came up the last time I was in. I got some food, and I think I, a detail like that came up, that there was some beer aspect in the food, uh, whatever I got. I think the last time I went there, I got wings. But there was some kind of aspect to the beer being present in the food as opposed to just a pairing. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of always been our goal um, from the beginning with the kitchen is, you know, for the beer to complement the food, the food to complement the beer, and, you know, just have, you know, an overall harmony to, to the whole the whole place. Darian, as always, uh, Kyle and Sean and I spoke with the, myself and the greater team of the Upstate Beer Boys uh, in the previous episode about the community ties of Plank Owner. How has that continued to develop as far as any kind of new relationships Plank Owner has made with the community, Spartanburg, Greenville, Greater Upstate, South Carolina as a whole, whatever the case may be. 
Um, I mean, we, we definitely collab with a bunch of businesses in Blowing Springs. Uh, we, we do a car show every month. I think it's the third Sunday of every month. We have people from all over Spartanburg County, uh, some in Greenville County that drive all the way over to our brewery to showcase their cars, and we do trophies and stuff. Um, we do a bunch of can uh, stuff at our brewery, so we don't make cider or mead there, but we go through Noble uh, Cidery, and all the cans that we basically empty out as far as selling, the fire department picks up and they recycle it for you know local businesses and stuff. And so all of our grains as well are donated to local farmers. So. Talk that car show up a bit. Any beers that have been themed to the car show? What's that? Any beers, any brews that have been themed to the car show itself? Not yet. Uh, that is a good idea, though. We'll definitely put, put that into consideration. So <laughs> I haven't thought about that. So. Just blame me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way you guys don't have to take a heat for it if Sean doesn't like All it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Gentlemen, thank you as always for being a part of the show. You're the guest for this segment. Final word is yours. Kyle, Dan, who wants to go first? Uh, yeah, I just appreciate you guys being out here at the Greenville Beer Fest uh, again this year. And uh, I know we've had you into the brewery. Uh, appreciate what you guys do and spreading the word for Plank Owner. And it's been awesome working with you guys. Yeah, same, man. We, we appreciate the, the, you know, the basically free advertising you get for us. And we definitely promote you guys as well. So. Thank you, gentlemen. The relationship appreciation is always mutual. And we will be back with more from the Greenville Craft Beer, Beer Festival at Floor Field. Cheers, guys. Cheers. I had to say it right this time. With us today, we've had all kind of breweries and brewers and friends talking to us. So today we are at Good Times booth. So tell me who you are, what you brought. Hi, my name is Bella. I'm from Good Times Brewing and we brought a, a few beers. We bought a Belgian Strong that's name is Evie Rose. Alcohol percent is around 7.2. It is a rosemary tincture beer that we added some vanilla to it so it is has all of the traditional flavors of a belgian with hints of rosemary and to soften on the back end with the vanilla beans also we brought our irish whip which is a red ale we've won a few awards for this beer uh, it is very light roasted with hints of caramel and black tea on the end we also ended today with a pumpkin stout which a lot of people here are loving it. That's so, actually what I'm drinking right now. Yep, it's real good. Uh, 
this pumpkin stout I actually brewed with CJ, formerly worked at Liability Brewing Company, and he came in and we got some fresh pumpkins from a local farmer, and we used all fresh pumpkins in this beer. So it has the traditional flavors of a stout, so all of like the dark roastiness to it with hints of pumpkin. Also has a little bit of sweetness on the back end from the pumpkin puree that I put in at the end of fermentation. So it is, it's, it's hitting off, it's real good. So what I like about it, and I talked to you when you said, all we have is the pumpkin stout, I immediately said, I don't like pumpkin. And then you said, it's not that bad or whatever. But for me, the pumpkin taste is not coming out at all. I taste the sweetness at the end, but not the pumpkin. So that makes me feel better about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, using like fresh pumpkins and things like that, it yeah. tends to be a little bit harder to extract those flavors out of it. But I didn't want to end up using a syrup or anything like that. I wanted to keep it local and, you know, collaborate with our local farmers in town and Greenwood. So, yeah. I think, it, I think it's great, but, you know, I wish that it got a little bit more pumpkin flavor out of it. But, you know, here we are. So, did you, I couldn't remember, did you tell exactly where y'all are located? I don't think I did. So, we are located in Greenwood, South Carolina. We are southeast of Greenville, about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. Good deal. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on our little pop-up show. And I can't wait to have a full interview with you and find out what else y'all offer because y'all do have food, right? Yes, we do have food. Good deal. Well, stay with us as we take a trip down to Greenwood at some point in time and talk to Bella and whoever else wants to talk to us. Don't bet to watch that your granddaddy gave you on aces and eights and some old riverboat. Always watch out for a Welcome back to the Greenville Craft Beer Festival from Floor Field down in Greenville, South Carolina. Another guest and a former guest of the show, previous guest of the show, Steve Schofield, brewer, brewer owner of Pangea Brewing Company up in the West End. Is it the West End? Southern side neighborhood technically, but also West End. We're very close to that. So, so as our... Loyal listeners would know you are 
or have already been on the show. You talked of your brand, so tell us what's new. Yeah, so we've uh, been expanding recently, so we actually just got into distribution about three months ago, uh, bringing on a new events uh, and marketing coordinator for that too, so we're starting to really pump out a bunch of events that we're doing on-site, and then you'll be able to find our beers around South Carolina. Uh, right now we're in the upstate, a little bit in Columbia and Charleston, but we're looking to kind of expand that a little bit further over the next few months. I like this show, I like this show, because I kind of ventured down into Columbia to kind of settle and buy a house. So I like I like the idea of finding the PNG a brand more uh, readily accessible to me. So how I mean that obviously wasn't the case when we spoke last year. So what kind of a journey was that to to get PNG as a more household name in the distribution workspace? Yep. Yeah, so I mean, we're still brand new at it. So we're really taking baby steps to kind of get out there, get the brand out there. Um, more than anything, it's allowing us to come to events like this, come to these beer festivals, and really participate and go have face-to-face interactions with our customers, and then be able to kind of communicate with people on a wider scope at all times. So you'll start to see us kind of coming out, doing a bunch of different events all over the place in South Carolina now. Um, so we really want to kind of keep that face, keep it. I mean, we're a family-owned business, so to really see that face there at all times with it. Um, so, speaking of festivals, speaking of events, Greenville Craft Beer Festival, it would be not very intuitive of us to not talk about what you brought today. So, what you brought. And for the listeners' recognition, I did try all three a little while ago. Yes, uh, so today we brought our Chupacabra. It's our Puerto Rican-inspired light lager. Uh, very easy drinking, crisp lager. Uh, got a little bit of lime in there, so great for the summer heat. On top of that, we got our flagship IPA, Valhalla, uh, juicy IPA, so uh, lots of uh, citra and galaxy hops in there, very low on the bittering side, but a lot of aromatics, uh, a lot of different kind of passion fruit, mango, guava, a little bit of diesel flavor in there too. Uh, and then on top of that, we got uh, one of our new releases, uh, the Goat. It's actually a collaboration we did with Mountain Goat Coffee, uh, so it's a coffee blonde. We used some coffee in there, a bunch of vanilla, and a little bit of lactose for a really, really smooth ride. And we actually, this is one of the first ones that we put on our nitro draft uh, in the tap room too. Amazing. I love my, my nitros. Um, all right, so I got a question about each one of these. Let's start off with the Chupacabra. What makes a Puerto Rican-style lager different from the Mexican-style lager that beer, that craft beer aficionados like can find themselves seeing all the time? So a uh, Mexican lager category is just kind of a very wide swath of places from everywhere. There, there, you can get a Mexican lager from Belize. You can get a Mexican lager from Puerto Rico. You can get a Mexican lager from Argentina. There isn't really any distinction between those. So we really wanted to showcase somewhere that is part of the U.S. Um, and really showcase that there are some fantastic beers out there. So in there, we use a little bit of corn, kind of similar to a Mexican lager. Uh, we use, also use freshly zested lime in there, too, uh, to really get a nice, crisp, clean flavor. Uh, about 4.2% alcohol, so really easy drinking in that heat at all times. Next up to Valhalla, you described it as a flagship IPA. Now, the last time we were in the tap room talking to you, the flagship IPA was Clever Girl, a very, you know, Jurassic Park scene. If anyone that knows, if anyone is anyone in like remotely cognizant of popular culture, they know Clever Girl is a type of Jurassic Park. So how does Valhalla challenge Clever Girl 
as your flagship IPA. So they, they are in tandem at all times with the two of them. Uh, Valhalla being a little bit lower ABV at 6% makes it a little bit more approachable. Um, Clever Girl will sneak up on you, as always, uh, which is still one of our, we have our own station at all times. Uh, so we wanted something that was a bit more approachable. You could have one or two of them. It's got really more for the galaxy side of hops than anything else and a really clean finish. Uh, the medley of hops that we used over in Clever Girl we still uh, have going on at all times. So there is a decent distinction with there. And with Valhalla, we use one of our house Quebec strains in there, Hornadal strain. So it really gives it this kind of earthy mango flavor uh, that can't really come out with the Chico yeast that we use over at the Clever Girl. That's... That is a good way to describe it because, like, it's been a while since I had Clever Girl, but Clever World, Clever Girl, blah, 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 excuse me, Clever Girl did have more of a bite. Yes, exactly. It it more leans into the IPA, like traditional IPA route, right, with a little bit more bitterness in there. Where Valhalla is very low on that initial bitterness, so we really wanted to promote the aromatics and the flavors of those hops more than anything else. Uh, where Clever Girl, we wanted just because it is higher, more body, more flavor. It needs a little bit of a cut to kind of get through there to really showcase those hops and not get overwhelmed with the amount of alcohol content. And and lastly, as far as what you brought, we'll talk about the goat. Yes. A white coffee stout, right? Yeah, so it's uh, we took one of our blonde recipes and actually added some oats into it to really kind of give it a, a more like hearty mouthfeel along anything. On top of that, we planned on using it first on nitro and then using the coffee and vanilla as the main flavor points there. So kind of going through there, it really helps smooth out the entire system. And then we add a little bit of sweetness from the lactose to kind of cancel out that coffee bitterness that comes at all times. So really gives you this really nice, smooth ride. It's a very nice, light, bright color, but you get those kind of reminiscent of those coffee flavors and all of those kind of stout flavors that you're used to with the mouthfeel. And, I mean, it's a, it's a style that's not well seen, but craft beer fans in, in the upstate in greater South Carolina, they're familiar with the World Court Mocha Blonde from Legal Remedy as a household name in distro. So... How does your how does your world how does your blonde stout stack up to the established name in that space? Well, I hope well. I'll let everyone kind of decide on that one. Uh, it's hard for me to decide which one is better between my beer and somebody else's beer at all times. So I'll really leave it up to other people. But we're we're looking not looking to copy anything or compete with anybody. I mean, we're looking to really introduce something nice, really kind of hit those flavor profiles on the right way, and on top of that, showcase another local brand with Mountain Goat Coffee. They roast in Greenville, South Carolina. They're an awesome organization that we love to shout out at all times. Uh, so we really wanted to have a nice little experience for that. Overall, you know that I, I, while I love coffee stouts and coffee porters, I like kind of taking those flavors and thinking a little bit outside the box. So we've had coffee blonde here, obviously. We've had uh, two different coffee Belgians and want to continue on that track of playing with flavors that aren't as traditionally known to be used together. Now, as previously discussed on your isolated episode on our show it would be a shame not to talk about your kitchen and amazing pizza that you put out i'm from the northeast if memory recalls correctly you're from the northeast so what what has the kitchen been doing recently how's that pizza been feeling out yeah it's uh been doing great we've really been we've worked on kind of expanding the menu uh, addition by addition, I should say. Uh, so we have all of our traditional pizzas on there. We're trying to get a rotating specialty pizza or two every single weekend. So right now we've got a spinach and artichoke dip with some bacon and 
uh, chicken on it right now, special running, which is phenomenal. Um, on top of that, we're really looking to kind of branch out with Disher and everything. So we just partnered with a local food truck, the Black Thai, um, which they do some like new age Thai food on top of that. So we have our pizza kitchen running at all times, and then they're there at all times too. And we're kind of using the mesh of all worlds for that to kind of expand those. So we can go to different events, we can be out in there, and we can bring the truck with us to really showcase all of our food and our drinks rather just one side or the other. I recognize that name. I've seen that. There is a um, South there is a South Carolina Food Trucks Instagram account that shares where all the trucks are going to be, and I recognize the name Black Tie. And I right in front of me, I can see a hat yes. for the Black Tie. So that is going to be an ongoing relationship, long-term relationship between Black Tie and Pangea. Correct. Yeah, so we're, we're never going to take away from what our pizzas are, what our traditional kitchen is. But really for us to grow into the future and the future that we want to do, we needed another aspect to kind of fill out with that. So partnering with them, um, they're working inside our kitchen and out in the food truck and kind of cross-training all, all of our staff across everything. It really gives us that kind of range to go do different things and have that experience out there. Instead of just showing up at a beer festival with just food, we can start showing at events with both and really let people experience the entire Pangea experience at once rather than separate little bites and pieces here and there unless you come into the tap room. Perfect. And whether it's refreshing my memory or anything new that you may have partnered since partnered with since our full-on interview, um, with community ties with Pangea, any, any, any new causes that you've tied yourself to, tied your brand to that you're particularly proud of and want to sing up maybe their brand as well? Yeah, um, so I, I can't remember if we spoke about it last time, but Make Greenville Greenville uh, Greener is a local environmental group. Um, they do fairly regular uh, river cleanups, uh, start and end at Pangea, so you can actually sign up for those. They've started doing some corporate events with them too, which has been fantastic. Um, we're starting, like I said, with Distro and be able to do these things. We can start reaching out and broadening out and helping different people in different ways. So we do have a lot of projects in the works right now to start pairing with some other nonprofits, and we're very excited to talk about them in the next few months. Awesome, amazing. Steve, as always, thank you for joining the show again. Last word is yours, my friend. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Pangea, we want to bring the world together through food and drink, so make sure you go grab a beer with some friends and uh, chat it up. So, thanks. Much as the name of your brewery suggests, the original continent of this earth, planet Earth. Correct, yeah, bring, bring all the continents back together, so. That's right. More from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival. Steve, thank you very much for joining the show again. No problem. Thanks for being here. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much. Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff. Moved down to Mississippi, told her friends she never loved me. Said I was another muddle, long-haired hillbilly. I'm sitting here, drowning in a cold beer. And I won't tell her you saw me here. If she asks about me, whoa, I'm rocking or won the lottery. Everybody's talking money in the bank, gas in the tank. Little hottie riding shot. Welcome back to Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. We are live on location at Warfield here at the Greenville Beer Fest. With me today, I've got an awesome guest. Talked to him in the past, but we haven't actually done an interview. We're going to change that, right? Yes. All right, so tell us who you are, where you're at, where you're from. Uh, quick little backstory. Dave and Kim Simons, Voodoo Brewing Company, Fountain Inn. First Voodoo in South Carolina, and we're excited to be here. Absolutely. Folks, stay with us as we uh, come back. 
And I forgot, what uh, what beers do you bring today? So we're pouring three today. Voodoo Love Child. It's a it's a triple-fruited Belgium. It's gone really good. In fact, we kicked the keg. Oh, yeah. We got Winona's Big Brown Ale. It's an Imperial Brown Ale. Going really good. And Good Vibes, our West Coast IPA flagship. Good deal. All right, fellas, folks, girls, ladies, stay with us. Say goodbye. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, live from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field. I am with Chad, Southeast Regional Manager from Alley Ash Brewing Company, and you're not a South Carolina brewery, obviously, but what is your presence down here in the Upstate and Greater South Carolina? Yeah, I mean, South Carolina, we're, we're distributed in 19 states and D.C., mostly across the East Coast, so... South Carolina is a great market for us, uh, Charleston all the way on through up to the upstate. So Greenville is a really big market for us. We've got a lot of great retailers and uh, folks that we work with in the uh, restaurant and bar side of the business and also on the off-premise side of the business with our grocery partners and things like that. So, yeah, we're, we're uh, very present in the Greenville area. I like to hear that. Uh, how did that come about? Because it's a little ways from Maine to South Carolina. Yeah, we've been here since mid-2010s, I think around 2016 or so in the South Carolina area. Just kind of built our presence organically here. Allegash White obviously has a, a huge brand equity uh, that's resonated out into the state. Allegash White just won its seventh gold medal at GABF, another uh, another another win in 2022. So we've got a lot of momentum, and the brand's just built pretty nicely here in South Carolina. Awesome. So let's talk about what you brought. Allegash White, obviously everybody who knows craft beer knows Allegash White. So what did you bring today? Yeah, obviously Allegash White, as you mentioned, uh, I think everyone's everyone's gateway into, into craft being around since 1995 is uh, a lot of times how it gets brought up to me. But Allegash White, Belgian-style wit beer, orange peel, coriander, a little bit of spice. Um, and then we brought Cherry Lime Times, which is uh, two, two more rare items for us. Um, Cherry Lime Times is a session sour ale aged on main-grown cherries and lime zest. And then Heart of Hearts is a sour golden ale aged on fresh-picked raspberries. So... Both of those cherry lime times did not stick around long today. Uh, Heart of Hearts is, is almost gone right now. But, yeah, two of our more rare specialty sour items uh, brought along with us. Well, that's an interesting segue. So what went faster? Was it for, from the clientele? Was it people walking up to the ta- your table wanting the flagship? Or was it people walking up to the table wanting something unique, something random? Yeah, it's interesting. It's been a little bit of both. Uh, Allagash White certainly has the folks that gravitate towards it, one, either just because they already love it, or if they don't love it, their friends are telling them that it's something that they need to try. Uh, and then with our sour stuff, again, people are always interested in some more specialty items, things that they can't get elsewhere. So a lot of folks pulling up their untapped, checking out what they've tried, what they haven't. 
and uh, Cherry Lime Times and Heart of Hearts were both brands that you don't see very often. So uh, a lot of interest in both of those. But Cherry Lime Times was gone within the first 45 minutes of us being here. Yeah. Glad I, I'm glad I grabbed the sip of it before <laughs> the VIPs got in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So. Obviously, again, obviously not in South Carolina, it's fine, but like, if anyone were to venture up and plan a vacation in Maine, what can they expect from the tap room at Allegash? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. We, uh, our tap room is obviously up in the Portland area, a couple other little breweries around there, but we're really focused on sustainability. We're B Corp certified, so you're going to get a really unique experience um, checking out the brewery. It's all outdoors. We have a lobster truck that hangs out out there. It's got terrific food. A lot of really specialty and unique stuff that we only release at the brewery uh, that you get to try up there. And we actually just purchased land, uh, so hopefully late 2023 or certainly in 2024, we'll have a new brewery experience. Just purchased, I think, four acres of land up in the Portland area. We're trying to build out a, a much larger, larger scale space. Just right now, we've been using that using that same space for a very long time, and as our production's ramped up, it's getting more challenging to, um, to host folks there, so... Uh, that's that's kind of where we're headed, expanding a lot over the next years. That space will actually transition into a cellar experience. Uh, so you'll have the opportunity to go in there and really experience our cellar room where a lot of the aging takes place for a lot of our, like, curios and some of our more specialty beer. And it's going to be a bit of a more upscale experience where you'll get to really uh, – work with the brand a little bit more and, and experience kind of what we do on the background and uh, really taste out some of those more specialty items. How how do you balance what th- things that always sell, things that always make a dish show versus those specialty items? Balance it in what way? As far as putting it out to the public. I know like everyone wants, every, like typical beer drinker, that they, they know they're going to be satisfied with the Allagash. Sure. But how, what as far as like, how do you, like, okay, we know we have to get this out because this is what people expect, but we also want to get this out sure, yeah. because this is really good and we want to expand people's palate. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, Allagash White, we're really fortunate that our flagship brand is still still growing. We've been around since 95, so that's there's a lot of equity there that we're able to lean into. Our seasonal program is really unique in that all of our seasonal releases throughout the year, they're actually employee-submitted ideas. So we have a really cool uh, piloting program up at the brewery where employees submit their ideas throughout the year. We're testing things constantly, rolling them out at the local or at our at our tap room up in Maine as well. And the, the ones that kind of catch on are things that we consider rolling out nationally. So just the equity that White has gives us uh, a lot of momentum to be able to try out other beers. Al, uh, Triple is kind of one that falls right behind. Allagash White has several awards to its name as well, traditional Belgian-style Triple. Curio is uh, triple, essentially aged on bourbon barrels. So we have a couple of other pieces that have that have uh, been able to garner some interest. And actually, I don't know if it's breaking news for you guys, but we have uh, Hopreach IPA is launching next year for Allagash. So we've never launched a national IPA before. There's been a lot of buzz. There's been folks asking for us to launch an IPA for a long time. So Hopreach will be launching in uh, January 2023 for uh, next year. So you'll see that in the Greenville area. Uh, and, and throughout the rest of the state. There it is. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. Okay, you spoke a little about the, the lobster trucks, and I'm from Connecticut. Maine lobster, New yeah. England lobster, that's my definitely my jam. What is your on-site food presence? Is it just restricted to food trucks? Do you have a kitchen? People want to drink tasty beer. They want something to soak it up. Yeah, so it's, I believe the lobster truck, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's called Bite into Maine. 
uh, it's a stationary, so it's, it is technically a, a food truck, I believe, but it stays on site. So we don't have a kitchen in, uh, in our, our tap room. Um, but it works for it works for us. We have a really great partnership with Biden Domain. They've got a lot of really cool food options. They actually do a couple of pairings. They pair our North Sky Stout with one of their like whoopie pies. So there's some cool like uh, beer and food mixtures that, that we have at the brewery as well. But yeah, that's kind of how our food experience works currently. And what is Allagash's community ties? Whether that's to the greater Maine and Portland area, whether it's down here in your region of South Carolina. How does Allagash give back to the community? Yes, we're, we're B Corp certified, which essentially, for anyone that doesn't know what that means, is essentially that we're not strictly beholden to shareholders and profits. We, we take very seriously being good stewards of our community, being good stewards of our employees, of our retailers, of our customers. Uh, it's an extremely, extremely hard certification to get, but something that we take really seriously. Also being environmentally conscious, we focus really heavily on using, using locally sourced ingredients. We just hit a target of using one million main grown grains uh, last year, just something we've been striving for for the past couple years. So we try to be very sustainable in our practices and what we do. And we also donate 1% of all of our profits back to local causes that we support. So we're not afraid to stand up for things that we believe in. And that resonates to things in Maine, but also, uh, you know, things locally in the South Carolina area, North Carolina area, all of those pieces as well. Perfect. That's wonderful. I may go run off and find someone else to talk to. Chad, one, you're the guest. Final word before we throw the break. I appreciate it. Thank you. Try Hop Reach next year, January 2023. Hop Reach IPA coming soon. Coming soon to Greenville. It will be available in South Carolina. Absolutely. Yep. You'll see it in January. Perfect. Chad, thank you so much for joining me. Allagash Brewing Company. More from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival on the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Don't bet to watch that your granddaddy gave you on aces and eights and some old river boat. Always watch out for a red-headed woman or government man when he's thirsty for those. things that I should have known. Upstate Beer Boys, we are back here at the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Fleur Field. I am standing here talking with Keston from Carolina Bauerhouse in Anderson and Greenville. Keston, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, you know, the, the soggy weather has not uh, deterred anybody from coming out. It's a no. great time. A lot of great people, a lot of great beer. So uh, tell us, what did you bring today? Um, today we brought Oconee Pale Ale. It's... Uh, it's an American-style pale ale made with 100% South Carolina malt from Palmetto Malt, a touch of Graham Oats grown at Clemson, and then our own hops that we grow for the dry hop, which is a blend of Cascade and Nugget. 
All right, so you grow your own hops. That's actually uh, pretty nice. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your locations. Uh, we have a location at 115 Federal Street in downtown Anderson. That's our main location. Um, we do a lot of the barrel-aged sours there. And then Greenville is at 556 Perry Avenue, and that's more of a uh, gathering place, experimental brewery, and tap room. Okay. Um, you know, the rain is starting to pick up here, so, uh, you know, we're going to cut this one a little bit short. Get any yep. final words? Uh, hey, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Let's try to stay dry and enjoy South Carolina beer. We certainly will, and uh, Chase and Steve and I will come down to one of your locations real soon, and uh, we'll do a full-fledged interview, I promise. All right, sounds great. All right, keep it here at Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. Thank you. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much. Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff. Moved down to Mississippi, told her friends she never loved me. Said I was another muddle. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast on location from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field in downtown Greenville. I am here with another brewery that's not necessarily present in South Carolina, but footprint is greatly present and felt in South Carolina. Mazzabini Distribution Rep for Highwire Brewing Company, the very much Titan Highwire Brewery out of Asheville. So... This is the second year. Stephen and I were here last year. We ran into you. We tried some of your beers. We had a little, little bit of a nice uh, interaction going a few times. So, and we didn't get to record a hit with you last time. So now we're doing that. Yes. What, what's, what's it like being back here for the second year in a row, or at least the second year in a row, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, it's absolutely great. I mean, what a wonderful turnout. A little wet this time, rainy, but it's better than the ice storm that we had last year. So maybe we'll get the full-fledged sunny next year. I yeah. love it. <laughs> little by little, each year the weather will improve. <laughs> All right, beer-wise, what would you bring today? Because last year I remember you had quite a bit, but I feel like there's more this year. There is definitely more this year. We definitely stuck to our core lineup that you can find in all like the Harris Teeters and the Lowe's. Um, last year we had a lot of specialty, which is stuff you find in the tap room. But this time we have our Betta Nails Brown, number one selling skew in the state. Pink Lemonade Sour, very easy drinking sour. Our High Pitch Mosaic and Centennial Hopped IPA. And then our new summer release that just opened or released this year, Mountain Water. So it's like Michelob Ultra and Sprite had a baby. Very light, very easy drinking. Everyone loves it. Mick Ultra and Sprite. <laughs> Just meeting in the refreshing and the low calorie with the lemon lime. It's a lot easier to associate with people like kind of what it tastes like because it's a beer for your seltzer drinking friends. So super light, but still great. So still in the seltzer category or still in the beer category? Definitely the beer category, but it, there's almost nothing in it. It's great. You should try it. <laughs> I will, I will. Okay, so what's it like being a prominent presence in the area but not necessarily being a local tap room in the area 
So it's definitely challenging because we like to call ourselves regional, you know, in proximity because we are only about an hour and 30 minutes away with our three locations in Asheville. Um, but it is, it, I'm, hey, I'm banking on it. Maybe we'll open up a tap room here. Like, I'm really working for it so we can be that local, you know, kind of essence around here. Uh, everyone loves us. I love everyone here. And I'm really excited to be here today. Speaking of locations, I think there's one somewhere in Kentucky, right? Yeah. And then, of course, there's Asheville. So is there anything differing differing from location to location? Uh, so you do get some specialty taproom brews. So we're, we distribute in nine states with 11 taprooms total, our newest ones being Nashville and Cincinnati. So you get different brews at each location. And, you know, sometimes you get our core products. Sometimes you get our raspberry gin fizz that, you know, is our seasonal release for this cocktail series that we have. So, yeah, it's an awesome time. What now balance your distribution? Balance what comes out to the clientele as far as flagships that everyone expects, things that people recognize from Highwire versus these special things that's like you go up to the tap and you're like, oh, this is great. I wish I could sell this. So, like, what is that balance of flagships versus specialties? So, right now, uh, kind of full circling it, since we are not a local brewery, you know, it's really. Um, we want to try and establish that core, so like the high pitch, the bed of nails brown that are guaranteed like supply and distribution and to kind of grow the name and then that way we can slowly sprinkle in like a little bit more specialty and a little bit more um, unique releases, you know. So it's just about getting that base first and then going with the specialty. What's easier to push to the market, whether that be immediate local or semi-local like here or a little bit farther out? What's easier to push as far as styles? Your typical beer that tastes like beers, ales, lagers, that sort of thing. <laughs> your cart catering to your haze, haze boys and girls, the IPAs or the sours, the dark beers, the browns. Like, what, What's easier to sell to the market? Um, as of right now, for the whole state, I'm going to say it's uh, astoundingly amount of Bed of Nails Brown. Um, it's a new age, uh, Newcastle kind of thing, malty and smooth, very easy drinking. Um, everyone has a lot of IPAs. We have wonderful IPAs. Everyone has a lot of great IPAs. So it just makes it easier to kind of fill that hole because not everyone has a brown ale and not everyone has something that easy drinking and that full body. So that's probably going to be my number one option if I go into an account and I need to sell a beer. Talk up the tap room a little bit. What's Highwire got to offer? What, what's, what's Highwire's, not necessarily offer, we've talked about that, but when you walk into, when you walk into Highwire, what is the sensation people should expect, to, like that kind of first, <gasps> it's Highwire. <laughs> so I definitely want to say that like all of our beers are all everyday kind of easy drinking beers, even our specialty. You know, you got to sell more than one. You got to make people want to drink it. So we also had to create an environment where you could hang out. And it's just very beautiful with local artwork and also our newest location on the French Broad River. It's a bunch of shipping containers and we kind of graffitied them and made them all local artists on each side. And so it's a really great vibe and a really great place that just makes you want to hang out and it's open air. So typically all of our tap rooms are pretty done up with artwork from local artists and just a nice hangout kind of vibe. And then great beer on draft. Talk up that hangout vibe a little bit. What, what is the atmosphere like? We know we talk about beer, but what what's like? People walk in, they grab a beer, regardless of what yeah. they like. What 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 what's the feel that you want the clientele to get when they sit down? Hang out with us. We're all friends here. You know, everyone wants to be happy. We have an indoor like massive 
soccer pool in each location. So it's like you know, like beach pool. like bedding. Yes, like well, the pool pool like the like the table pool, and they're like in like inflated little pool balls, and it's just a really good communal way to like get up and kind of you know play a very unique game in a very unique space. Food-wise, Highwire obviously has a lot of tasty beers. You can get them in a lot of places. But you want something to soak up that beer, especially if you make the venture to the tap room. What are the food offerings that Highwire has to often uh, offer? Excuse me, kitchen, food trucks, whatever the case may be. What, what, what's the sustenance that the clientele can expect to have to soak up what, what to complement the beer, so to speak? So I just uh, know that we always use local food trucks. We personally do not have a kitchen, but any kind of awesome offerings that we have locally, we'll go ahead and get a truck out there for them. Um, so our big top location, one of the three in Asheville, um, it uses the Foothill uh, food truck. So it is a local butcher shop with awesome homemade hamburgers and hot dogs, and it's really great time. So we use any local food truck we can get. The same Foothills that's one of the presenting sponsors tonight? No, that's um, the... Uh, property management. Ah, I got gotcha. Hills Butcher Shop. Yes. It's, it's such a common name. Uh, Hard to no, confuse. Right? It's a very <laughs> unique name, so I'm surprised. But yeah, definitely. Uh, community ties wise, uh, big thing on the podcast is we always ask the guests what the location's tie- footprint is, their local footprint. Charities, fundraisers, artists, musicians that are welcome to come in and sell up their product, their brand. What's Highwire's ties to the local community, in in any of that in, in any of that kind of space, whether it be charities or just localists that come in to sell up the product. Yeah, so we definitely try to jump on any opportunity to help the community, of course. Um, but recently, it's just been showing support at these beer festivals, and you know, me making the drive up from Charleston to be up here every time, and then my boss even coming down from Asheville to come support. Like right now, we're just really trying to be here with you guys to help you enjoy this beer and enjoy these times like this. What's your favorite style of beer to drink versus the styles that you always have to push at events like this, and just yeah. in general in distribution? So right now, with it being a little muggy and kind of humid and rainy, <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to go with the pink lemonade sour today. So d- definitely going to say that sour style. A little bit hits you in the back, a little bit refreshing, but easy to drink. And that's kind of what I'm going for today. Awesome. Madison, thank you so much for joining me. Finally, last year was kind of more casual, but this year we actually got yeah. to the show. So you're the guest for this. You're the final word for this segment. What you got? Uh, I hope everyone has a great, wonderful day and drink happy. Despite the rain. (laughs) Responsibly. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me again, and stay tuned for more from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Four Field. Bye.
Here we are again. Like, this might be three episodes in a row, hopefully. That's right. Pretty, pretty darn close. Back here from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field in downtown Greenville with one of our closest friends, fan of the show, guest, previous guest of the show, all around great guy in the craft beer community, and the man behind the action at Magnetic South down in Anderson, the one, the only cousin. Sir, how are you doing today? How's this festival treating you? Man, feeling good. You know, it's festival season, so I think this is the last of the year for a lot of people. Um, it's always good to, like, end it on the home turf. This is, like, one of my favorites because it's nice. When we're done, we're 10 minutes from the house, right? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just good. It's a good end of the year for us. I don't think there's anything else festival-wise on the schedule for Magnetic South, but, yeah, so I'm feeling good. I understand you kicked everything today. Yeah, man, I think, like, 1.30 we were done. We brought six cases of beer or five I, I don't remember. Yeah, move fast. I mean, I think it benefited being at the uh, entry side of the entry side of the field. So, yeah, it was good, man. I loved it. Good little festival. I love being, like I said, on the home turf. It's very nice just to be here. So, now what you bring today? I noticed a lot of what was in the cases was your traditional fare when you offer up, but there was one beer that I did not recognize that I had earlier. So, what did you bring and why? Yeah, so we brought uh, four beers. Um, we brought American Pale Ale, a, uh, like our version of a New England, which of course is clear, because beer should be clear. <laughs> it's just a good juicy IPA. Uh, we brought a German wheat and uh, a German Polish. So yeah, kind of a mix it up. Brought all ales this time, no lager beer. Uh, yeah, here we are, loved it. Talk about that course a little bit more. What, what, what went into that? and. I mean, like I said, like I saw it at the can, I'm like, huh, maybe, maybe I'm just blind, but I don't recognize that beer. I want that. So it's a new, uh, might be a year-round beer from us. It's called Post Me If You Can. Just a good traditional, you know, German Colts, a little fruity on the back end. Easy drinking, crisp beer. You know, doing what we do, what we do best. Similar enough to the Leonardo DiCaprio film, Catch Me If You Can? I mean, we, we kind of might have ripped off that cover a little bit, but, you know, it's too good of a pun. Too good of a pun to, to not run with something, so. What's new, what's new down in the Anderson and Magnetic South? I, I, uh, as far as things upcoming, what you're working on, what's in the back of your head that you haven't necessarily talked to anybody about? So I don't know when the episode's going to drop, but we just released our Quadzilla uh, bourbon barrel aged Belgian quad. 500 milliliter bottles and on draft. Uh, we're going to start our pre-sale for a four-way variant of a 17% stout. Woo! Uh, Holy! So, so 16.7. Uh, we'll sell it in four packs. You get a 500 milliliter bottle of each variant, a straight bourbon barrel age, a chai vanilla latte, a coffee caramel latte thing, and a chocolate coconut cake. So four variants, we're gonna drop that release, not for pickup, but the pre-sale will drop, hopefully on Black Friday. Okay. All right, I wanna get into that a little bit more later, but talk about this Quadzilla. What's it like, what what went into it, and that was your first bottle or your first eight? Yeah, so it was our first bottle. We released Quadzilla last year when we opened. Uh, it's a six and 20 bourbon barrel H quad. It's got good notes of like apple pie, 
which is weird. Apple pie. Yeah, like that just reminds me of like a little apple pie-ish, which could just be that, that spice from the barrel. Uh, it's got good notes of vanilla, oat, a little bit of tobacco. You know, just pulling all that good 620 bourbon out of it. Um, yeah, so there it is. It's in 500 milliliter bottles. Barrel, tobacco, what's the smokiness factor? Limited smoke. A little bit of sweet. Uh, you know, I'm not huge on smoky beer, so we try to stay clear of that. So. Yeah. And what's this, this monster coming up in a few weeks for the uh, Black Friday release of 70% beer? What, what, what went into that? What, how much of a... Uh, not, I don't want to say sure, but maybe milestone in doing that one. Yeah, so it was a double mash, extended boil, uh, no sugar, use a uh, high alcohol strain of yeast to really um, ferment all the sugars from the malt. Uh, and, and, and honestly, we had no need to really back sweeten it. Uh, it drinks pretty smooth. Um, some of the new variants that'll come out will have a little bit of sugar, just to you know, you do a latte, it should be a little sweet, so. Balance. Oh yeah, a nice balance. So, it is slight booze, but you know, it's very, I don't want to say approachable, because it is 16, 16.7%, <laughs> but for what it is, you know, it's 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 a very drinkable beer. So we got one variant of it on tap, non-barrel aged. We threw some strawberry puree in it, just to give it some of the sweetness. You don't really get big notes of strawberry, but it was more for the strawberry sweetness. As approachable as a 16 plus percentage beer could be. Very approachable, then. <laughs> <laughs> it follows our same motto of everything else. Everything's approachable in that kind of stuff. That's right, especially you. <laughs> what's, what's the difference between the one on top, the one on top that's not barrel aged versus this bad boy? So it's the same base. We just use some 6 or 20 barrels. You know, they're local. We're just trying to support them. You know, all tides rise, uh, mentality. Um, and then the barrel aged stuff just been in barrels for about four months, so it'll be a good, a good creeper. Hoping to release it mid December. Just depends how good the pre sale goes and time we have to package and all that. Everyone, as we previously found out at your festival back in early August, everyone comes out just because and said so. So, what's that juxtaposed uh, to today? Did everyone come out just John Shark and said so? I mean, everybody came out. We, it was a really good crowd here. Then the crowd got here early, which was great. Um, you know, we ran out of beer about two and a half hours into this thing, which was awesome for us. This uh, really shows the support. I think the big push of the recent news articles, podcasts, all this stuff coming out with us coming to Greenville, um, hopefully open in February. You know, it's, we, we definitely got some good support. Even people that were that go to Anderson, have been to Anderson, have come out, like, you know, shown their support today. So it's a really good event. Always happy to be here in Greenville, you know, at the home base. So. Live it up, brother. Live it up. Uh, thank you again, as always, for joining the show. From the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Florida Field. Do the guests the segment, cousin, final word is yours. Have a good time. Come on down to the brewery. We love y'all. We out. Woo! Don't bet to watch that your granddaddy gave you on aces and eights and some more riverboat. Always watch out for a red-headed woman or government man when he's thirsty for rose. Don't
What's going on, all you beautiful people? We are here live on location at the beautiful floor field. It's been raining, a little windy, but the weather has been phenomenal. So we've had many of interviews today, and I know that you're probably getting tired of hearing myself and Nutmeg and, and Wayne, the sage, but let's go for one more. So who are you and where are you from? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Chad Tidings, owner of Tetrad Brewing Company right in downtown Greenville off of Stone Ave. I am from Alaska originally uh, to Rochester, New York, and now a southerner here in Greenville, South Carolina. So, Chad, tell us real quick, what did you bring to the Greenville Craft Beer Fest this year in 2022? Well, great question. Uh, we brought our apple spiced shandy part of our Lisa's Lemonade line of shandies. Uh, that was gone by 2 p.m. Uh, our Moanoffsome Steam Lager, which is the collaboration with our Mug Club, uh, that was gone by 2.22. And then our Elevated Services, a beautiful 10% Imperial Stout that is more smooth than our OG Stout. Super good, delicious. Chad, so do you have anything coming up in the works, beer, festival, whatever that you want to talk about real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, within Tetred, um, Brew for the Love is a, is a concept and, and something that we truly believe in. It's kind of about giving back, right? So uh, we are launching our ales for ALS um, on Sunday the 13th, a week from this Sunday. And uh, our, our number one customer, Grandpa, uh, his uh, adopted daughter has passed away this past February from ALS. Uh, it's our second year doing it with the organization. We donate a dollar pint back to the Ales for ALS, and it really means a lot to us. So we're launching that. We're going to um, have seven barrels of that that we want to get going. Uh, and then also we have our Brewford Level Wall. And what that is is, you know, big uh, big believers in, you know, putting some out in the universe and having it come back to you. So pop by, see if your uh, name or your profession's on the wall. Somebody has purchased you a beer and uh, you can also buy a beer for somebody else. So there's a couple of things that it's, it's along our Brew for Love initiative. So I think that's awesome because me being a first responder myself, I have seen other breweries that you can buy a pint for a service member, fire, police, military, or teacher. But the fact that you can buy one for other walks of life and other occupations is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty much, you know, if you had somebody had a bad day, put their name up on the wall, have them come in and, and get a beer on you on them. So uh, it's really great. Um, and we're just rolling in. We have a uh, very special um, whiskey barreled from 6 and 20 that our Imperial Stout's been sitting in for 11 months. We're doing a special launch in between Thanksgiving and Christmas for that. Um, you have a dog unleashed, bring your dogs in, bring your kids in. We have something for everything. So stop on into our brewery, 603 East Stone Ave, right in the Half Moon Outfitters building. Absolutely. And thank you again, Chad, as thank always, you. for talking with us. We've been kind of missing back and forth. We We've tried. been messaging. Yep. We're trying. So, folks, stay with us as uh, we will definitely have Chad and his brother on the show and whoever else wants to sit down and talk with us. Uh, one, of, one of my most favorite podcasts for sure. You guys really dig down deep beers and we're local breweries so we appreciate it well we appreciate that and stay with us folks well it's been two months since i drank a little too much said the wrong thing so she packed up her stuff moved down to
Wrapping up here from the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Florida Field in downtown Greenville. We couldn't end this. We gotta end this the way we ended the last festival down in Columbia with some of our favorite beautiful winter friends from around the internet world. For the second time on the show, Brian follow him on Instagram at BeardMeGVL and Morgan for the first time on the show follow on Instagram at Tatas and Taps. So before I bring my loyal co-hosts in, Brian Morgan, what's the best in show? And I know there's a little bit of bias, but... <laughs> uh, the 13 Stripes Arms Way. That's not was my favorite movie. Brian, what you got? Best in show. Best in show is Columbia Craft. Oh, the Sex Wayne's Beer Delivery, the sage of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, best in show, what you got? Are we going beer or seltzer? It's all craft. I know you like to draw the line, but I don't. It's all craft. Again, I'm going to shock the world um, to me. The thing that surprised me the best was the uh, Pina Colada Seltzer from Holiday Brewing in Spartanburg, South Carolina. But if we're going to talk beer... You know, you're putting me on the spot because all of my local guys are my favorites. I'm, I'm, just, I'm an asshole, I know. You're what? <laughs> I'm an asshole, I know. Well, I mean... Anyways, um, I'm going to say the best local beer that I had today, or the best beer I had today, probably was the Ultimate um, Pecan from uh, Magnetic South. But... Oh. Only because I've had uh, Arms Way before, it has a phenomenal, but, you know, they're all equally great to me. A couple brewers here, too. You just heard them a little while speak on their brand of plank owner, Kyle and Darian. What was your best in show today? Obje as objective as you can be, of course. Uh, I was really surprised by 13 Strikes Defiance as a pre-prohibition lager. Definitely got a little bit of like a, a very light, almost cream ale sweetness to it. I know it's a lager, but it had that kind of creamy, sweet kind of flavor to it. I was very surprised by Definitely a one out buy in the future. Um, so I've tried just about all the beers here today, and I went back for seconds on two beers. Uh, the Arms Way from 13 Stripes, amazing Imperial Stout, but probably my favorite of the day was from the new guys who come to Greenville, New Realm, with their uh, Hazy Like a Fox New England IPA. That was spot on, juicy, tropical fruit. It was, a, it was a great hazy idea. A hazy to impress the brewer of many a great hazies. Uh, yeah, and I have shied away from the hazies and went kind of back to the West Coast style. 
but that one really surprised me today, and it, it was great. The Mayor Steven, best in show, what was your favorite beer today? I don't even know. I would have to go, <laughs> I would have to go with the sixth tenths from Columbia Craft because they got some Phantasm powder, trying to say it right, <laughs> and brewed it with that. That's that's that was my best of best. Awesome. Real quick, to Morgan Ryan, your beautiful ones is like the three of us. So, what's what's the rise of craft beer mean in the social media scene? How, how have how have we taken advantage of this plethora of tasty treats? <laughs> Someone's got to give me an answer. Somebody talk. <laughs> Break up the standard and bring in a lot of everyone else who may not have been necessarily assumed to be involved in the scene. Exactly, which is weird that we weren't assumed to be involved in it because women actually invented here. Very fair point. <laughs> what you got? She did a good job of adding to it. <laughs> oh gosh, what a day! We're going to go around the table. Brewers first, final word for the show as a whole, the festival as a whole. The festival as a whole, uh, definitely a huge turnout. Like, I think it was actually more people last year, and the rain did not stop them at all. Like, they were outstanding, getting wet, they didn't get a shit. Like, uh, it, it's definitely a lot better last year where it was cold and windy, miserable, but hopefully next year it'll be bright and sunny. One can only hope. That was Darren from Plank Gunner. Kyle from Plank Gunner. Final word for the show on the festival. Uh, great festival. Um, excited to see so many different breweries out here from all over the state of South Carolina. Breweries from Georgia. Uh, it's a great space for this event. The people who host it, they do a great job. Uh, I'm excited to come back next year. Morgan at Tatas and Taps. Final word on the from the show on the festival. Final word. I've had a great time. I'm super excited for next year. I'm hoping for better weather. Yeah. I had a great time despite all the rain. Brian at Dear Me GVL. Final word from the festival on the event itself. Great turnout. Seems like a lot of people did show up even though it was rainy. Um, I'd like to see a couple more breweries next year. Uh, hopefully 8th State. <laughs> I was going to ask for that's really it, uh, honestly. Just a really good turnout for the crowd. I think it'd be awesome if we maybe could take the field. Uh, if it wasn't raining. Uh, just like the Greenville Drive, go drive. Let's do it. It's going to stop us, right? <laughs> Wayne's Beer Delivery, faithful and loyal co-host. What's your final word from the festival? Hey, what y'all thought about that? I am sorry I missed it last year because this is a phenomenal event. There was people literally everywhere. You know, great event, great people, great brewers, great beer, great time. 
Greenville Craft Beer Fest 2023. Make sure you're here. Make sure you stop by and see us because we are in it for the long haul. And uh, can't wait. Our friend and partner, co-host Steven Summerling Beaver, seemed to have run off. I think he went to the little boys room. So thank you again to John Starkey for allowing us to be here as always and our other sponsors, Upstate Realty Promotion Graphics for On-Site Banner, which was here at the festival. And of course, our friend, best friend and supporter of us, loyal supporter to our brand, the Upstate Beerways Podcast, Eddie Winningham, owner of the Clock Tower Tap Room and Billiards in Simpsonville. Hey, Eddie, you need to come next year, buddy. Come with us. That's right. You'll be here. Wayne, I think I hear a familiar tune. Just boys, and we like beer. I think that's kind of hazy. Boy, we'll make it clear. We're just boys, and we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondales, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys, and we like beer. We're just boys, and we like beer. Stay beer, boy.